0: and welcome to is it dad rock yet i'm martin and with me and steve this week we've got catherine and dan from the band fresh say hi guys
1: uh hello hello fresh are a punk band from london here in the uk and here is morgan and joanne from their 2022 album raise hell
0: standard for the podcast we've got a few warm-up questions for you dan we'll start with you first what was the last thing you listened to on spotify that wasn't biffy Clyro
2: puzzle right okay um do you want the real answer because the real answer is this soundtrack to my little pony make your mark the <laughs> uh, netflix series um which is surprisingly good because what they've done i didn't think i'd be talking about this today um what they've done is basically they've when they were writing the songs this is how i imagine it they've basically gone like yeah we're going to write a song that sounds like Paramore, or we're going to write a song that sounds like florence and the machine or we're going to rip off that edward sharp song that everyone in america loves
1: oh let's make our mark together
3: just riding on forever just keeps on getting better better, better.
1: Feel it in the air Find your spark
2: and just glow and shine So basically, it kind of sounds like a cover album of of a of like bunch of like indie and rock bands Fair enough Thanks, thanks for being honest The the, 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 the cool answer is uh, the, the, um, I've been listening to a band called The Freshies um, because they're our namesakes and getting quite into them recently in The biz You get to me. All the top people Trouble is They never seem to be
1: the top
0: Okay, Catherine, same question for you. What was the last
3: thing you listened to on Spotify? Uh, it was Can't Hardly Wait by the Replacements because I'm really cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Show it off now.
3: Yeah, I am. Yeah, great song. Great jam. It's got horns. It's got violins. It's got guitar. It gets me pumped.
0: Does it have any little ponies in it?
3: Uh, no. Hey! Ashtray
1: floors, dirty clothes, and filthy jokes. See, old, high, and lonesome. Try and try and try. What about you, Maya? What you been listening to?
0: Uh, the last thing I listened to was um, a song called My Curse by Killswitch Engage and for some reason I'm really getting into them and I don't know why because they're just a bit, well the dad rock out there let's face it but it's quite slow music but it's got some really cool meaty riffs in it What about you, Steve?
1: Uh, It's uh, Thursday again. I don't know why. It's Thursday again. I've just got my 2024 playlist and that was the last song that came on. was uh, Signals Over the Air.
2: Jesus, so you're listening. This really is a dad rock playlist. Switch and Thursday. These are my people, Catherine.
3: I've never felt so at sea.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. So next question, uh, we'll stick with the the order. So Dan, what was the song or the band that kind of got you into alternative music? Was the one where you just listened to it and you think, do you know what, that is nice. I want to listen to more of that.
2: Um, Yeah, so, so, well, I mean... I think people will already know by the title of this podcast that um like Biffy Claro were quite quite integral to my youth. Um there was a there was like a rock sound CD um which had a whole bunch of songs on it which were pretty formative, one of which was The Go Slow by Biffy off their first album. All our
3: moments can't deny.
2: I think it was on the set my oh shit, i think it was the, in my memory it's the same cd um there's an early november song called i want to hear you sad off their first EP. Time- So like those two songs off that CD were the ones that was like, like before that I was into kind of, you know, watching like Kerrang TV and, and Scars and stuff. And like, you know, the bigger, like I used to love Incubus and all that sort of stuff. But, um but those, yeah, those two songs were the ones that kind of like led me on a path of getting more into the sort of like, uh, smaller bands, like more emo stuff. Really? And Catherine?
3: um, I was a bit I was a bit late on the train in terms of like them at their heyday but the first like show I ever went to and the first band I like fell in love with was My Chemical Romance um Danger, Danger Days that record I think from 2010 I want to say came out um when I was about 13 um and like you know from that I went back and I discovered The Black Parade and Three Cheers they hadn't been on my radar um but like just flawless discography like every every song hits um i love the yeah i'd I'd say like most of every you know everything from then like spiraled out um from that and uh yeah they're just great they've got so much lore uh which i really appreciate in a band
0: okay so what's your favorite band or artist right now so what's in heavy rotation
2: me first i guess as i was first on the other um the the band i've listened to most over the past year is the um band called pest control um like a leeds yorkshire based um kind of thrash band just really great they're just really fun they they clearly don't take themselves very seriously but at the same time are just incredibly competent musicians and i just really like that i like that when like um like very skilled musicians have a laugh basically and yeah they they um they released an album last year called don't test the pest which i reckon is probably yeah my most listened to album of last year uh what about yourself Catherine?
3: So, yeah, I'd say I'll, I'm seeing them this month, and that'll be really exciting. Um, and they they've been a big part of 2023 and recently. So I'll say Glady um, and that record that that they have. Uh, I think it's like their first four band record. But the singer um, Augusta Koch, she's been like she's been doing Glady for a while. Um, but they have a record called Don't Know What You're In um, Until You're Out, and it's just bangers. It's like, it's a, it's not a super group, but it's got some people from Tiger's Jaw. Uh, it's, it's got a few people, um, from like the kind of emo Pennsylvania or Philly scene. Um, and it's just great. I love it.
0: So this is the last question for this section, and I'll mention the question. I've got an answer for it as well, so you can have a little think, just in case uh, you have to have a think about this one. So can you name one of your favorite covers? So for me personally, one, um, I grew up in the age of Pop Goes Punk, so I don't know if that rings a bell. I guess it does with Steve, Dan, Catherine. I'm not sure if you remember them, but it started off Pop Goes Punk set so a couple of Volume 1 and 2 were quite punk bands and then by the end of it, it turned into metalcore punk really, let's face it I always remember the um, We Came As Romans, I think it was and it was called Glad You Came, which was um, The Wanted, I think they did that originally, that was really good it was a really cool song, I've played that all the time You cast a spell on me spell on me, you hit me like the sky fell on me, fell on me, and I decided you look well on me, well on And And a more modern one that kind of got me thinking about this question was um, Sabotage, um, the cover that Cancer Bats do. I don't know if you've heard that one, but his voice just goes perfect with it. And the bass intro, just absolutely amazing. So yeah, so for me, it's probably sabotaged by Beastie Boys that was covered uh, by Cancer Bats.
3: So there's a song uh, that was released in the two th- in 2000 by uh, Trembling Blue Stars called Sometimes I Still Feel the Bruce. and it was covered by the Mountain Goats in 2006, and it is such a good cover. It rules. There's you know it's changed from like there's kind of like a little like Casio kind of keyboard uh, in the original, and and then it's kind of swapped out for like the kind of trademark Mountain Goats like acoustic guitar. Um, It's not like a hugely creative cover In terms of like changing Like the structure or the instrumentation But it's just sung so well And it's a great song Um, I like managed to sneak in a reference to it In Ray's Hell And nobody noticed Which is fun Because then it's just for me (laughs) This is just to say
2: in my mind the the one like cover that i can think of as being my favorite is the cap and jazz cover of take on me but i feel like there's a cover that i prefer to that but in 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 lieu of there being a better answer let's go with that one
1: Steve, have you got one? Uh, Yeah, mine's actually a Biffy Clyro cover. I don't know if you guys have heard of a band called Frightened Rabbit. Uh, yes so scott unfortunately you know took his own life and frightened rabbit did the like a tribute to scott through that tiny changes album which was uh, a great album but biffy Clyro do the first song on the album and the name skips me now the modern leper and they've sort of taken that song and have i don't know they've made it their own but kept for like the heart of the song and i just think it's incredible what i've done with it and yeah awesome song
3: And vital parts fall from his system And dissolve in Scottish rain (laughs) Vitally he doesn't miss them He's too fucked up to care Is that you in front of me Coming back for even more of exactly the same You must be a masochist To love a modern leper on his last leg, on his last
0: leg. Okay, so we found out a little bit more about you guys individually. So let's ask a few questions about your band, about Fresh. So first question, how did Fresh start?
3: Uh, how did Fresh start? Uh, I wanted to have a band. So actually, Catherine,
1: I've, 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 I've read something on Wikipedia about this so this is kind of like wikipedia fact or fiction is this true or is it false so there's a quote and it's not an exact quote but it basically says like you were fed up of seeing a load of guys in punk
3: bands yeah that's a correct that's a correct quote
1: and you was like i want to start my own band
3: yeah that was it it was a spike band it was a bit and it went really far and now i'm on the dad rock podcast
0: so you've gone too far now there's no going back
3: That's all right, though. It's led me to beautiful places. Um, Love can grow from spite. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I was very frustrated and I felt very much like uh, I was watching other people do what I wanted to do, uh, which is uh, kind of how you know that you you need to do something. And I think I have no idea the kind of level of, it must have been naivety, because I think the level of confidence I had back then I'm still pretty confident, but like, like, I don't, I think it's really hard to start a band and I think it'd be harder now with but I just was like, right. Um, uh, I'm going to sit down, and write some songs. Uh, uh, I'm going to release the songs on Bandcamp, and then we're going to, uh, find some shows to play and then we're going to go on tour and, and shockingly it kept, it, it, it all happened. Um, which, you know, is crazy.
1: Maybe that's the thing that, uh, that's the spark that makes everything like, you know, move
3: forward. I think it felt like that. Yeah. So what do you think is the
0: hardest
2: part of being in a band? And we'll go with you, Dan, first. Uh, the, the hardest thing, uh, about being in a band for me is I think everyone's going to have a different answer, but like, for me, it's reconciling, like being away from your responsibilities as like a real person, um, when you're touring and stuff. Um, because like you know although you know touring is 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 fun but it's also quite hard and stressful like the fact is that you uh, none of us are doing it for a job so it's basically you're doing it as a hobby or as like a as an escape so it's pretty it's pretty difficult leaving your family and your job and stuff and like taking kind of taking time out away from that stuff for for what a a lot of people could see as something being quite self-indulgent um but thankfully like we've all got really supportive people around us that like uh enable us to to do this to 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 have fun so yeah
0: yeah because i suppose it's like being in a band obviously it's about you guys being in the band but like you say it's partners it's siblings it's anyone else that supports and allows you to go do that um yeah. i must admit when i saw you um uh, i think it was wharf chambers in leeds l- last year Catherine, you looked like you was having the time of your life carefree brilliant time dan you let you look like you'd left oven on i'll be honest with you you just looked worried so i don't know if that's a little bit shining through <laughs> you thinking yeah work on monday fucking hell it's bullshit
2: and i thought i thought i was disguising it so well it, the oven would have been on for three days at that point so yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well fuck it then. You should have forgot about that. Yeah, it's done.
3: Well, it, Dan has a poker face. It's not that Dan isn't enjoying it. I think Dan is just like a master at keeping this front. Um, I don't know how he does it. Like I, I, every single emotion I've ever had in my life is on my face, and it's really intense. Um, probably that's why I'm at the front of the stage and he's at the back. Um, but wait, for me, so for me, the the hardest thing about being in a band. is it's kind of actually the opposite to what Dan said. Um, if I did not have to, you know, I say if I did not have to, I'm sure I would hate it, but I could tour forever. Like I could just tour year round. Um, fuck everyone who's ever tried to support me. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I, obviously we do have amazing people around us and stuff, but I find it hard to reconcile with the with coming back because, it is a really self-centered endeavor and it is really lovely to get um, to kind of get direct validation for your art when the process of creating it and recording it is so distant and you're just showing it to your trusted three people or four people um, and and you know you don't really get any acknowledgement from the world and then what I love about touring is that you get to watch people react to it in real time which is in- immensely satisfying um, but it, I guess it is you know if I, if I were touring all the time, I would get sick of it. And I love my job as well. And, um, I'm a researcher, um, and a teacher or, or a lecturer and I love it. It's great. Um, so I guess I'm lucky to have two passions, but I think once you kind of, you know, you get definitely get to a stage where you, you get to 25 and you realize that like, you're not going to be able to make a full-time income from this and you don't want to, cause you don't really want to monetize this as like a, as like a job. Um, for many reasons, but for one would be because it would put that kind of pressure on you and maybe take the joy away from it. Um, but with that realization comes the more bittersweet realization that you can't devote all of your energy to it. Um, you know, which is hard because I think I, I think I always want to put hundred percent of everything into everything, which is not, not possible physically. Um, so I think managing expectations and managing everybody else's different expectations and everybody's Practically, like managing people's availability is really hard. Um, Like, you know, organizing a podcast call, organizing people, it's just really hard. Like you have to make sure everyone's relatively happy and everyone feels like they're on the same page. So it's a very kind of like people interpersonal thing as well. Um, And I'm definitely not good at it all the time. But, you know, I think we've kind of learned to communicate really well.
0: So next question, do you think it's easier to build a following and get recognised in 2024, or do you think it would have been easier back in 2004?
3: Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, I've always said, not always said, but I've said multiple times in, like, frustration, in, like, a kind of money-driven, greedy frustration that if Fresh were a band in, like, 2001, like, we would be, like, making a middle-class living. Because I think, like, the kind of way that the music industry was almost kind of bloated with all of these kind of major labels in this signing frenzy and like signing these really young bands left and right and desperately trying to kind of you know steamroll not steamroll sorry bankroll like three albums for a band that you know have written two singles um you know i i think the way the music industry worked there and the way that labels had a monopoly on bands kind of creative process and development was just completely different so If the question is, would Fresh build a better following or a bigger following, like in 2004, probably like any band now, I think a lot of the bands that are amazing now um, and Fresh, which is not a terrible band, um, those bands I think would have just been a lot bigger and a lot more maybe professional and kind of full-time with the kind of major label or or just kind of more general money um, around in 2004. But then I think also the following obviously wouldn't as wouldn't have been as authentic. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of drawbacks. Um, Plus, I think Fresh actually has a lot uh, to thank uh, Bandcamp for. I think the way that Bandcamp was really important for getting uh, people connected and aware about small underground bands in like 2014, 15, 16 was really, really important to how we started. Like our first big interview was through Bandcamp. We like I discovered and, and contacted loads of great bands and arranged and booked tours with them just through looking through Bandcamp, like The Bats um, and Great White um, and stuff like that. So it was like such a indispensable tool, and that wasn't around in two thousand and four. Um, you know, so I think it kind of comes down to like weighing up what kind of following you want and like what we were just talking about, what role do we want the band to play in our lives? You know, this is a hobby, a very time consuming hobby, but it's a hobby still. So I think we, you know, things might've been different in 2004, but I wouldn't have wanted to be a queer woman in 2004. No, thank you. So I'll, I'll stick with now. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: last question. Uh, what is happening for Fresh in twenty twenty four? So, what do your plans
2: look like? Uh, we've just announced a tour, a UK tour with uh, a band from the states called Teenage Halloween, uh, who are really great. If uh, if you um, if you don't know them, they just last year they released a second album, I think, which is is killer. Uh, yeah, so we're doing a whole bunch of shows with them. Um, we we'll have some new music out at some point. Um, and then later in the year we are booking uh, some more tours. Making uh,
3: plans.
2: We're making plans. Nothing, nothing concrete yet, but, uh, yeah, we'll be going to some, some new places. I think maybe.
0: Very mysterious. <laughs> you might or might not be going and playing some gigs. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> Last question. Do you want to do a quiz on Biffy Clyro? Yeah!
2: My, My whole life has been leading up to this minute.
0: Biffy Clyro puzzle from the year 2007, as chosen by our guests this week, Catherine and Dan from Fresh. Before we start the main Biffy Clyro quiz, we have a warm-up quiz based around band name origins. Looking online, there's a few stories about how Biffy got their name. One being they had a biro pen, which had a Cliff Richard on it, that they called their Cliffy biro. And this eventually got switched around and it got called their Biffy Clyro. There's also a few football ones. So apparently Biffy Clyro was a Scottish footballer. And they've also said that he was a footballer, a Finnish footballer from the 17th century. My favourite is that Biffy Clyro is the name of a Scotsman that built his own rocket and was the first man in space, apparently. It might be worth pointing out that these are um, have never been actually confirmed and Biffy Clyro have never really confirmed where their name originates from. I think mean, they've just uh, like taking the piss, really, and just coming up with random stuff. So now I'm going to name some bands and you have to tell me where their name comes from, but don't worry, they are multiple choice. So first one, Alien Ant Farm. Was it A, the bassist had a daydream about how Earth is, is an experiment for aliens from another planet? Is it B, the singer had a an whole ant farm set up in his bedroom, covering his walls and most of his floor. Originally, just called Ant Farm, they were told to add alien into their name by their label as they thought it sounded cooler. Or is it C, the bassist said the singer looked like an ant and they all thought it was really funny and agreed to be called alien ants. And farm was added later. So A, B or C.
2: I'd like to think it was the dream about space aliens. So I'm going to go for A.
1: Yeah, that is that is right. When I read these, I literally just read this answer now and I was like, that cannot be true. He had a daydream about how Earth is an experiment. And um, yeah, that's how we're Alien Amp found.
3: A daydream. He smoked loads of weed.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. A daydream. Yeah.
0: Okay, next one. Dropkick Murphys. Is it A. One night, the singer and bassist were having a pint in their local pub, the Murphy, when a stranger came running in and dropkicked the pub owner, John Murphy, square in the chest. The stranger got up and ran out of the pub. The owner got up and screamed, no one dropkicks old Murphy in the chest and gets away with it, and took off after him in the night and was never seen again. That's A. B. They were named after a wrestler called John Dropkick Murphy. I see the drummer's favorite wrestling move was a dropkick and they added Murphy in for the Irish connection.
3: Can I go for B? I think it was I think a, a, I think a wrestler name is pretty good. I'm looking at the expression on your face and I'm saying no.
1: No, B is correct. Unfortunately, I wanted it to be A. You know.
3: Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's such an elaborate story. But yeah, they just named after a wrestler called John Dropkick Murphy.
3: Great name.
0: Okay, the next band, All Time Low. Was it A, taken from lyrics from a band they all liked? Was it B, at a house party, the singer did a cannonball into the pool and unfortunately had a slightly upset stomach and a bit of poo came out. When asked about it at school the next day, he said, oh man, it was an all-time low. Or is it C, taken from the headline of a local school newspaper announcing that bullying, and in particular wedges, were at an all-time
1: low?
3: Uh, I think it was A, but I also would like to say, fuck all-time low.
1: Oh, what's your beef with all-time low? Is it because of suck?
3: No. Um, they have been accused of many bad things.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> Martin, we'll rip this one out. <laughs> Fucking cunts.
3: Yeah.
1: I hope he did poo in pants.
3: They've sued like a hundred different women for saying <laughs> that they've like assaulted them. So sorry to bring down the tone, guys.
1: You know what? Let's leave it in.
3: Yeah, fuck all-time low. And they're about to sue 101 women. Yeah, I was
2: going to say, we don't have the money to, for your legal defense.
3: <laughs> Is it A?
1: Yeah, sorry, the, ans- the answer's A, the name after the Newfound Glory song. it's when you're around me
0: Okay, next one, 30 Seconds to Mars. Was it A, the singer really liked chocolate bars, and in particular, Mars bars? He would announce 30 Seconds to Mars as he approached the cupboard where he kept his chocolatey treats. Or was it B, the name of the band came after a thesis from an ex-professor of Harvard? Or was it C, named after a song that was on the soundtrack for the film Mars Attacks?
2: I'm going to say B because he seems like the sort of... uh
3: pretentious, pretentious Guy
2: that would, uh, would, yeah. would 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 seek out something like that.
3: Imagine enjoy, imagine enjoying theses.
2: Actually it's thesai
3: <laughs> It's actually thesis. I did it wrong. Is it <laughs> I did it wrong on purpose because theses is uncool.
2: Oh thesis
1: is poop.
3: <laughs>
1: For anyone that didn't know who's listening. <laughs> oh no, is there to bring the down. Yeah they're named after uh, a thesis one called well, a subsection of a, of one called 30 Seconds to Mars," but you've not get you've not given me the name Martin, uh, of the actual thesis. Yes, no one cares. Okay, next one:
0: Kill Switch Engage was it A named after an episode of a popular late '90s or early 2000s TV show? Was it B? The guitarist had a pedal that he called the Kill Switch. It was a super distortion pedal, and he would shout "Kill Switch Engage" every time he pressed it. Or C, take them from the instructions of what to do if you fall off a motorbike. Turn off the engine via the kill switch.
2: I'm going to say C. Surely it's C. It's not, guys. It's is is,
1: it It's A. It's named after an X-Files episode called Kill Switch.
3: Daniel, you named <gasps> your kittens after this I, show.
1: I, I
0: and I of...
3: don't know who Kill Switch and Gage are. We had a winning streak.
0: Okay, last one. So, Panic at the Disco. Was it A, the singer went to a roller disco in high school for a friend's birthday. However, there were two roller disco birthday parties going on in town and he accidentally went to the wrong one. He realised when he was mid-disco and suffered his first panic attack. Is it B, lifted from lyrics of a song called Panic? Or C, the drummer was crowned prom king at his high school prom. He went on stage and then proceeded to have a panic attack.
3: Catherine, you've got your hand up for some reason. B, because... I love that band.
1: B is correct. Taken from the song Panic by name Taken.
0: Okay, right. Let's get on with the actual quiz. The first question we always ask is, why did you choose this album? And Dan, you've kind of mentioned it already, haven't you? That, you know, Biffy was one of the bands that you got into
2: younger why this album in particular so full disclosure this um i was a massive biffy fan for the first three albums and then um this was the album that made me stop listening to them and i really really went off them for about for, for for you know 15 years um up until they did their headline reading set which i watched and then kind of it made me remember that i fucking love this band and this and that's when i re i went back to it um and now it's my favorite album of theirs um i I think at the time that it came out i was probably trying too hard to be into more um underground stuff and just being a prick and not enjoying stuff that was good um but we chose this album because like it's an album that we bond over because I, th- I don't think the, anyone else in the band really cares about Biffy, but um, yeah, this, this album is just full of bangers and we will stick it on in the car yeah. or the van.
3: But no one else I know liked Biffy Clyro, So when I found out Dan liked Biffy Clyro, but it's interesting that Puzzle was the album that turned him off because Puzzle was also the album that turned me off. And, um, but for the complete opposite reasons, because I got into Biffy Clyro in like, I want to say 2011, 2012 when they released Only Revolutions, which is their even popular album. Um, and I was turned off by Puzzle when I was working back through their disc- discography. And um, I thought it, it was too heavy. And I was like, you know, I was like 15 and I was like, like this is too heavy for me. Um, and it's only been as an adult when I listen back to it, besides one song on the record, which was actually one of the first Biffy Clara songs I heard and loved. And still, I think it's my favorite Biffy song, but um besides that song every other song on Puzzle that I like now is actually like you know like I've I've come to love it in the last five years as opposed to the last 10 years um so it's like it's kind of a weird like circular um wrong way round kind of love for an album we've both discovered (laughs) and bonded over
0: i don't know if you're a big fan of biffy uh, steve but uh, i think i'm probably more like dan so i really enjoyed the first three albums i got went to leeds festival and they were playing at like enemy tent or radio or Lockup or something like that and i was walking away and they were playing glitter and trauma which i think is on the infinity land album the, the third album yeah. and it was so fucking heavy like it was so heavy live i mean it's a heavy song anyway but really heavy i was like man these are awesome went home and bought all three other albums and uh just absolutely got loved them albums and then like you say puzzle came along and it's a lot softer and i didn't mind it but i wasn't that bothered and then i think mean, they released uh only revolutions uh, and i really liked that album and then i fell out with, again sort of like lost touch with them not that I, well, lost touch with them like i was fucking corresponding um like lost interest in them really and then they did is it ellipsis quite later on they had a couple of albums and ellipsis which had wolves of winter on and they've got a song called Rearrange, and that was the song that uh, my first dance at my wedding was to to that, and I really got back into Biffy then, and then listened to the other albums, like, man, these are all great as well. Why have I kind of missed? I just fell off my radar, really. So, yeah, and then when you guys chose this, um, I was like, oh, listen to it again. I was like, fucking hell, this is a great album. So, yeah. Steve, what about you? Are you a Biffy Biffy fan?
1: No, not really. I've never listened to this album, to be honest. Um, My wife likes them. She likes uh, Other Revolution, So we've got some songs on our, on our shared playlist, but I'm just not a massive fan, although I will say they do an awesome cover. So there is that. Okay, so question one of the Biffy
0: Clyro Puzzle quiz. Puzzle is Biffy Clyro's fourth studio album. It was the first to reach the top five in the UK albums chart and boasts 14 songs in all. How many of these songs were released as singles? Was it A, 2, B, 4, or C,
2: 6? I'm going, to, I'm going to say four.
3: That's a safe bet. I yeah. would also say four.
1: Well, the answer is actually six. Is
3: Fucking it? hell. A different time, a different time. I know,
1: yeah. I, I'm not going to go into too much about this because this is kind of like the first part of a the, of the question. There's another part going up. But yeah, that's almost half the album yeah. wow. that was released to singles. It was 2007, obviously. Uh, but it's the largest number of singles that I've ever seen
2: from do yeah. so, you know do you know which they are so it'll be falling stars well who's let's get a, to the next question oh okay <laughs> sorry
0: you can't wait He's, we've piqued his interest now the real quiz has started He's interested uh, so question 1 a which of the following songs were not singles from the album and mm. i've got a hint there's two answers on this one okay so out of all these two of them a living is a problem because everyone dies B, a whole child ago. C, machines. And D, get fucked, stud. So, out of them songs, which two were never released?
3: Whole child, a whole child ago. A whole child ago definitely wasn't a single, because I only like the cool, obscure deep cuts.
2: Yeah, I reckon. I think get fucked, stud wasn't. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um.
2: I can't remember. This is the thing: is I wasn't into them at the time. That they were doing the PR for the album.
1: I uh, I'll just ask. I'll ask a quick question. Yeah. Do you think the radio will play a song called "Get Fucked"? Well, no.
2: That, that's the thing. <laughs>
1: right.
3: Yeah, yeah. The radio edit is like "Get Hugged, Stud."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're right. So "A Whole Child Ago" and "Get Fucked Stud" were not released from the album.
3: Which is so crazy because if I wrote "A Whole Child Ago," I would just release it constantly as a single. <laughs>
1: Semi-Mental was the first one released. It wasn't eligible for any chart position because it was uh, digital download only. But how was I to know that in my mind I'm not so And then you've got Saturday Super House came in at number 13. Share it- Living is a problem because everyone die- everything dies was number nineteen. Stars came in at number eighteen.
3: Eleanor, I would do anything for another man with you because it's not getting easier. It's not
1: getting easier. Machines number twenty-nine
3: Be to feel alive. Take the pieces. Out.
1: And then who's got a match debuted at number 91 in the chart and then eventually made it to number 27 when i think they released uh, something got released and then it it you know it came back i'm a fire and a burn tonight i'm a fire i'm a fire and a burn tonight i'm a fire But yeah, yeah, it's a bit crazy that all the singles reached pretty much... Well, they all reached the top 40, and then four of them were actually in the top 20, considering...
0: we were pretty obscure with the first three albums. Okay, question two. Simon Neal is credited as the lone songwriter for this album. As well as writing the songs, he sings and plays guitar. James Johnson plays bass and sings, and Ben Johnson plays drums and sings. True or false, Gordon Moakes from Block Pie played Glockenspiel on the album as he had recently started playing Glockenspiel for Block Party and was looking for any opportunity to play more Glockenspiel. I cannot say Glockenspiel for some reason.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so true or false? I think that's false.
1: That is false, yeah. It was uh, Simon Neil that played Glockenspiel on the album. Nice. We did an episode on Block Party and we just really went in on and Mokes for playing Glockenspiel. Uh, but yeah, he did play it in, in Block Party, But yeah, this was the first album where Biffy Clyro used a lot more extra musicians than on previous albums. They had things like violins and cellos uh, on the previous albums. But for this one, they introduced a full orchestra and a choir.
2: this uh, this this album is so funny to listen to in context because it's the first Mm. album that they had on a major label and you can tell that they basically just had a shitload of money and they're like right well what are we gonna do i know we're gonna gonna get an orchestra choir time
3: (laughs) that intro song is so insane yeah so
2: we've got the orchestra what what else can we send some money on i know we're gonna get a fucking gregorian choir
3: children's gregorian choir
2: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and it's
0: and, like, oh, what um, else have i got i've got a fucking glockenspiel in my cupboard can i play that yeah fuck it yeah. why not
2: also and um, but yeah by the way major label thanks for all the money i know you want to like re- recoup this somehow but we're going to make the intro to this album a single and also the most unlistenable two first two minutes of an album you've ever heard so thanks thanks for all the money and,
0: and we yeah. are we
2: are going to play it live at every opportunity yeah as well. exactly yeah Entensions. love it
0: What, you want to release six singles to recoup your losses? Yeah, all right, then, fair enough. (laughs) Okay, so question three, another true or false question. Puzzles showed a change in musical direction for Biffy Clyro. They wanted to try a more straightforward approach to songwriting, making the songs more streamlined and accessible, with fewer time signature and abrupt changes. They did this because they felt they had reached their limit with their original style and wanted to push themselves musically. Is that true or false?
2: I'm going to say it's false. I don't think there's too much... Different no. between the puzzle and the earlier stuff?
1: Oh, the answer is true. Yeah, this was mentioned previously, but it was uh, Biffy's first album to reach the top five in the UK album chart. Um, so clearly doing something right there. Uh, but I couldn't find any reactions or fan reactions about the change at the time. However, based on your reaction, Dan, it seemed like fans didn't really enjoy it. Same with you, Martin. And Catherine, you didn't enjoy this, but for the opposite reason that Dan and Martin didn't enjoy it. Uh, but Karan called the album a masterpiece, and Rock Sound said that the album was the band's most most ambitious, cohesive, and accessible. So I guess because we've got such a big uh, catalogue now, it might not be as much as a shift, as much of a shift looking looking backwards. But like I guess from album three to album four, going to a major label, it's like oh there's definitely something different here and well clearly people loved it and then i guess some people didn't
3: well yeah i think that's the thing like when you when you put it in context with only revolutions it, it it can't it just doesn't jump out as their most accessible like the word accessible doesn't doesn't come to mind and i think like as a 15 year old girl that intro just that first song just like scuppered any chance of me listening to the rest of that record and then when i eventually did like the only song that jumped out was a whole child ago for some reason so um mm. i think it just uh, yeah depends
0: yeah me and steve were talking about this before as well um before we we say recording and the it feels like it's it's a difficult thing. To, you know, is it difficult to start writing a more straightforward approach? You know, and chorus verses, all that kind of stuff. When it probably is when your original first three albums sound like Biffy Clyro's first three albums. That's what yeah. they. That's how they're writing. That's how they they work together on it. Ben and James are brothers. I mean, they all grew up together and everything like that. So their writing styles really change with them. And then to suddenly change it completely, it's to a simpler way. But if your writing style isn't that way already, it's, it's a change for them and it's difficult.
3: Well, it's deceptively hard to write a good pop song. And I'm not saying that Puzzle is a pop album, but the structure that they're taking from is the pop format, closer to the pop format. And that is a very, very hard nut to crack.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, whenever I've tried to write, I've always written a riff and then another riff and then another riff. And there's never been a chorus it's always just been pieces of music strung together in a sequence because I would never be able to write intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Because it, it's a simple structure, but it has to be done well. And it's like that's very difficult to do, especially write a chorus.
0: So question four. As hinted previously, the album was met with widespread critical acclaim. But what did The Guardian say about the album? This is multiple choice. Don't worry, guys. We don't expect you to have read the Guardian article. Um, Did they say A, Huzzle doesn't quite justify Simon Neal's claim that his trio are an important band. The choruses that would turn these songs into anthems are missing. Three out of five stars. Was it B, Huzzle is a masterpiece. Success has been a long time coming for the bushy bearded biffs and the ambitious orchestral metal of this album is sure to bring it. Five out of five stars. Or is it C, Puzzle is the fourth album from the bearded Scottish rockers, and it fucking sucks. They call it their most ambitious album. It seems like they tried to fly too close to the sun; their wax wings melted, and they landed on their stupid faces. Zero out of five stars. Wankers.
3: Can I just say, is is for cis men um, having your beard constantly brought up? Is that the same as being like having the fact you're a female constantly brought up? Because all these reviews are like their lustrous beards. What's up with that? Only one,
0: only one of them is real. Uh, Steve did make the other one up, and Steve Steve can't grow a beard, so he's compensating.
2: Uh, It's (laughs) true, compensating.
3: Interesting. Okay, so Dan, what do you think?
2: I reckon it's. I mean, it 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 feels very Guardian to like uh, incorrectly refer to this band as orchestral metal. Um, So I'm going to go for that. I reckon that's what it is. You're going with B. Yeah, uh, are you happy with, yeah. with B? That's actually
1: the incorrect answer. Sorry, guys. The answer was A. They gave it three out of five stars and said that the songs were lacking choruses. But I will say,
3: have they listened to a whole child ago?
1: No. The the answer B was half of what the Guardian had written. Uh, oh, and then, really? Yeah, and I added some bits in, which was about True it being question. about it being a masterpiece. But they did. So about the beards, the Guardian did mention the beards, and I can't remember they called them the bearded Biffs. And then I was like, oh, the Guardian mentioned the beards. I should also mention the beards when I write okay. the
3: questions. I apologize. That's actually just very strategic and very thorough <laughs> quiz making.
1: But I can't grow beards, so I do every time <laughs> I see a beard, I you know, I just get envious.
3: Me too.
0: What can I say of the aggregate? <laughs> Anyway, next next question. Um, question five. Biffy Clyro have garnered a huge passionate fan base over the years. A chant that can be often heard when the band comes on stage between songs and after the band has finished is Mon the Biff. But oh. what does that actually mean? Does it mean A, what's that smell? B, you want to fight about it? Or C, come on, Biffy Clyro.
3: I don't trust myself, Dan, you go.
1: It's, it's C. It's- it is, seeing it? Come on, Biffy Clara.
3: That's what I thought, yeah.
1: I said that to my wife, and she was like, "In it? What's that smell? And I'm like, yeah. Before Biffy Clara come on stage, everyone's shouting, what's that, what's smell? that
3: smell?
1: Yeah, there's, when they come on stage, everyone's like, do you want to fight? That would be weird as well.
3: There's definitely some tours we've done where people have been chatting, what's that smell? Before we come on stage. Not from me, I smell great all the time. <laughs> okay,
0: so, question six. Biffy Clyro toured extensively in support of the album. The band played at Download, Glastonbury, Leeds and Reading and Tea in the Park in 2007. They played their largest headline show so far in 2008 at Glasgow's SECC Arena and supported acts such as Queens and Stone Age and Linkin Park. Which of the following bands did they not support in promotion of the album? Was it A, Muse, B, Rolling Stones, C, Bon Jovi or D, Aerosmith?
3: Oh, that's hard because my first initial thing would be Rolling Stones, but I don't know if that's right. So don't 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 log that. Uh,
2: that's that would be my first. Uh, I reckon. Rolling Should we Stones. go with that? Then I'm, pre- I'm pretty certain I remember the Bon Jovi like show because it, I just found it so amusing.
1: Yeah, sorry oh. guys, the answer is actually Aerosmith.
2: Is it? Yeah,
1: so we supported oh. Muse at Wembley, Bon Jovi at Twickenham, and Rolling Stones in Rome wow
3: wow roaming stones
1: and have said that supporting these bands is what helped them reach a wider audience question seven simon neil recently
0: released a grindcore extreme metal album with mike venner of ocean size the album is called rivers of heresy and sees mike venner writing and recording the music while simon neil focuses on the lyrics and vocals what is the name of that band and I, I mean, I know the answer I mean, so, Okay yeah. well we've got some options uh, so <laughs> I'm not going to say it in a Scottish accent So is it A, come on then you wee little cunts Is it B, Diarrhea Planet C, Empire State Bastard Or D, alright you wee ball bag
3: It's not Diarrhea Planet Because they're an amazing band from Nashville, Tennessee And they fucking rule
2: They are the band with the, the biggest like um, gap between quality of band name and quality of music. I reckon they rule. I imagine it's yeah. hard
0: to get like you know. Uh, can you put this flyer in your in your window? What are you call Diarrhea Planet? No.
2: Yeah.
0: We're a yeah. we're a you know a food outlet.
2: Don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't they don't want any mention of, uh, of that, do you? Um, no, the band's called Empire State Bastard. It's high. Uh, the drummer is Dave Lombardo from Slayer and Faith No More and stuff, and the bassist is uh, a friend of a friend. Oh, really? Which is really odd. Yeah. So Check our f-
3: you name dropping. Well,
2: our friend, you know, so our friend Jay Cross. No way.
3: Um,
2: is 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 friends? He does a or he used to do a podcast with um, Naomi, who plays bass in oh, Bitch that's Falcon. Cool.
1: Just, You've just nicked all of Steve's tidbit there. Well done. Move on to the next question, Martin, because I've got nothing nothing else to add to that.
0: Yeah, and remember to everyone, guys, uh, me and Dan will be doing the podcast from going forwards. We don't need Steve anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I think this is the, this is the last question. So... Going into the band members' personal lives, all members of the band still live close to where they grew up. They either live somewhere in Ayrshire or in Glasgow. Simon has a tattoo across his chest that leads God Only Knows What I'd Be Without You, which is the chorus from the Pet Shop Boys song, God Only Knows, which was used in his first dance at his wedding. Ben Johnston is a big fan of Kilmarnock FC and has been invited by the club to take part in the Halftime Crossbar Challenge. What interesting fact does Wikipedia state about James Johnston? Is it A, he is a keen taxidermist and fan of theatre, he often likes to recreate musicals using the stuffed animals as characters. B. In his spare time, he likes to explore Loch Ness, looking for the Loch Ness monster. Or is it C. In his spare time, he likes to create art using his own blood. Or D. He likes to ride his bicycle around Ayrshire.
2: Well, he always seemed to me to be the most sane member of the band. So I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be give the boring answer, and, and I reckon he just likes a good old cycle.
3: Yeah, I reckon so too. I don't
2: think he's, I don't think he likes blood that much. I might be mistaken.
1: I mean that is true. Yeah. yeah. I mean sometimes Wikipedia throws out some gems about the personal lives of the guys in the band, but all of these guys seem like you know kind of boring bastards. So yeah, he does like to ride his bike around Ayrshire. And what what a great question to end on, Martin. We should have thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think it's delightful. What, what, what a <laughs> Fucking
1: boring <laughs> bastards.
0: <laughs> Ify Clara puzzle from the year two thousand and seven. It
1: was an obvious choice for an episode, wouldn't you say, Steve? Oh yeah, definitely a great episode. Hope you've all enjoyed it, Martin. I know you've had a good time, Dan. I can't tell you've got that look on your face that you know, <laughs> that your oven's still on, Catherine. I bet you've had a good time. You've got one last chance to speak to our listeners what do you want to
3: tell them oh i guess i want to tell them that um our uh stuff on on the internet can be found underneath the tag fresh punks uh p-u-n-k-s uh our band camp is um, freshpunks.bandcamp.com and we've got loads of cool merch that you might want to buy and we're on tour in uh march and april with the amazing amazing band teenage halloween playing manchester punk first We're playing Leeds, we're playing Scotland, we're playing Wales, we're playing England, we're playing London, we're probably coming to a town near you, and we are uh, mixing new music. Thanks.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Again, hope you had a great time. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.